There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, happy Monday. It is June 5th, and the whole crew is back in studio. Lori, Julia, and myself. And how was your weekend, guys? What'd you have? What happened? Uh, well, I was out of town. That's right. I was out of town. I how was, was in the good old uh, 70. Two degree temperature oh, of Seattle. That's nice. I know. Casey's like, I'm so jealous. It's so oh, hot. I'm sure you <laughs> it was like 90 year old hot yeah, all weekend. Yeah. yeah. So I just spent time with the family, and it was just super sweet. And I went over to Whidbey Island, where, where I my just aunt was. Claudia yes. lives, and it was. It's uh It's so bucolic over there. It's just pretty. I like it. That. Is Lori, yeah. isn't it? Bucolic. It yeah. is. Loved it, Grant. Yeah. done. How was it? Oh, it was amazing. That was a whole childhood, high school years, junior high, all combined into one for me. I went with my mom, and we actually got to hang out with Don and Steve in their suite for that Fun. one. But uh, that was a great show. Was it Saturday night? Saturday night. The place was packed. Even for the opener, Scotty McCreary, he did a really good job. But full house. And for 66 and 69 years old, those two guys jammed out like it was 1995. Nice. They put on a show, Boot Scoot and Boogie. You know, My Maria was in there, Red Dirt Road. It was uh, Neon Moon. It was, it just, uh, yeah, it felt like, you know, riding around in my mom's car listening to country music as a, you know. Young man, so it was yeah. really, really fun. We had fun. a great. And Lily they was came on a Saturday night. That, that must that you know they have huge fans mm-hmm. here when we get this Friday or Saturday yes, it night is big show. Deal. Yeah, I don't do Sunday night concerts, so yeah, it was a big deal. It yeah. was fun, a lot of fun. How about you, Jules? You have oh. a claim to fame? Sweat. Oh, okay. I played. <laughs> Doesn't I played, everyone have? Didn't but everyone I played have that? pickleball from one to three on Saturday and was just like, wow, it was so hot. And then yesterday tennis from like ten to noon, and I was like, that's hot too. Yeah. We had a nice birthday party for Jeff's grandkids on Saturday afternoon and then went to a fun card game with my pickleball friends last night, which was super fun. I had a great weekend. Yeah. Beauty- I liked the heat, you know, but it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Casey went to Grand Old Days and he was like, uh, it was Grand Old Inside for yeah. me and my buddy Bob. <laughs> were there places to even go that were open inside? Well, die. Yeah, yes. Julia. Yeah. I mean, all I'm the just, bars and restaurants I that are open. I've been so many years. Grand Old Days is the same, except Dixie's isn't there anymore. And that was always the cool stage where, like, the fun stuff would not The hipster bands would kind of play. Yeah. But, you know, Dixie's is. You know, there's a parking yeah. ramp in an apartment building. Is that weird? Mm-hmm. So I think he was down at Billy's, but he just said, yeah, it was hot, hot, hot. But it was packed. People were happy that Grendel so Days glad. was back. So. It, was, it actually was a really nice weekend. It yeah. was. Liked yeah, it, I didn't do anything lot. too exciting with the family. We felt like we did a lot of eating and drinking. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know. that's always just as good. <laughs> there was a we kept of- trying to get, we thought we could get to the Little Mermaid, but... Um, 
it it was just too nice out. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then with your family too. Yeah, and then our little Whidbey Island adventure was, you know, about you know, we went we drove over you drive to a ferry yes. and then take the ferry boat yes. ride. So we were there for, you know, like maybe 40 hours, you know. Did you go to the restaurant, Did the seafood restaurant in by the... Oh, yes, the seafood bar. And yeah. we got there and the lady said, uh, we're, there's no more room and oh, we're, okay. uh, we're not serving any more people. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So apparently when you're one of the few hot restaurants in a little tiny six block town, you can do these kinds of things. You can say these things. <laughs> say, say, well these, say these things. So my mom and I just had a bite to eat somewhere else. But it is it is very pretty, although I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why anyone would want to live on that island. Full time. Yeah. Full time. You're wrong. And mm-hmm. even I was reading a Kristen Hanna book, and it's an older book, on the plane this morning. And it's called Homefront, and it's a... Excellent book, but the the main characters live on Bainbridge Island. Oh, right. And I mean, I am really i i just I could not handle having to, to rely on a ferry on a ferry to get to the mainland. I mean, that just like for the even though it's beautiful out there and everything, I was having anxiety for this guy who's going to his law firm every day. In Seattle, taking the ferry, I just thought, oh, this is... <laughs> and even my mom and I, to go to Whidbey, we're like, whatever we do, we got to try and be on the ferry by noon so we don't get stuck in the horrible Seattle Friday traffic. Okay. You so know. just this extra stress. It's extra Seattle stress. Seattle is terrible traffic. That yes, town is. now that rivals town is, LA. It rivals LA for traffic. It I really, would agree with you. And truly does. And it, then they gave up two of the new lanes to... the. Carpool lanes and everything else. So two of the five going on the 405 in one direction are for... And hopefully when they do this light rail thing that they're spending a bazillion dollars on, you know, that's going to go from Seattle to Tacoma, it will take some of the... uh, Stress out of the traffic. And my mom is like, oh, we got to drive in the magic lane, you know, because there there were were two two of us. Yeah, yeah. It's the magic. That's the magic lane. The magic lane. Yeah. I, You know, it's funny. I went out to California and I said, I called it the sane lane. Oh yeah, that's what we used to call it. We call it here the ins, yeah, the sane lane. lane. But people like what the express? Like people thought, you know, is that a Minnesota thing? I know we we call it the sane lane, but yet out there they call it the express or expressway or whatever it it might be, you know. And three ninety four when Highway twelve converted to three ninety four, and we finally got our, you know, yeah. You got to drive. The was that the first thing? I think it was. That was the first one. Yeah, and I grew was. up out that way, so I would take that in. And I would tell my mom, like, "Hey, we get to take the sane lane," and my friends were like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Sane <laughs> lane. Yeah, it's Monday. I there feel so very discombobulated. There was what? Tennis. Oh, I know. My brother. Oh, yeah, you know, he's tennis. like, he goes, "I, I want everyone to be gone by nine because I need to take a nap so I can get up and watch tennis at two. <laughs> oh, oh, he must have to. He break. watches it. He likes to if he can. He likes to watch it live. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we'll be out of here by nine so you can take a nap before you There's been some good tennis going on. That's what he said. <laughs> when I, All I wanted stuff. to know was how Coco Groff and Titsy Pass was doing. Titsy and... Pass. It's Titsy Pass. What is it? Titsy Pass. Oh, I like to call him Titsy Pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that better, too. I do, too. Yeah. I think he likes it, too. Titsy Pass. All right, She's listen, pretty. when we come back, um, our story we can't get enough of, I knew my muti would have no interest whatsoever in watching this show. And I counted on Julia to watch a show for us that debuted last night. And she did. And reviews are in. And it's her story we can't get enough of. 
everybody, Lori and Julia here for First Equity Mortgage. And David and the team, they are ready to help you figure out uh, financial solutions when it comes to home ownership, refinancing, so you can, maybe you're paying off some debt or you've got something big coming up that you would like to finance for and not take out a credit card loan. And you're like, um, what's going on with my, uh, would it make sense? Right. Who can help me do the math? And if there's homes, you know, this is peak home selling uh, market time. And if you have been in the market for something, you have such a better advantage when you work with um, David and his team at First Equity Mortgage because realtors in our community know them. First Equity is in our community. They support our community, our people. They know what's going on. It's not some computer thing off somewhere else to get a mortgage through. And it just, you will feel that on so many levels and be taken care of. These guys are smart. First Equity knows what they're doing. You'll love working with them. Keyword, David, at my talk. All right, Julia, you are the guinea pig. You were the one who watched The Idol last night. It debuted on HBO last night. And uh, this is the show with Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd. And... It debuted in Cannes, the first two episodes, yeah. and people were just like, oh my gosh, this is just torture porn. Um, Jeff watched it with me. Okay. And I said, I got it, and I got to watch I got homework. I got this for work. And he goes, all right, I'll watch it with you. And when it was all over, I had fallen asleep. Oh. And he just said, there's no point to that. It was just soft porn with no point. But I will tell you, Lily Rose Depp, at the very beginning, it starts out she's in a photo shoot. And she is so beautiful on film. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful. And she was doing this thing for photographers at the beginning. You know, make a sultry face. Make a an excited face. Make a flirty face. I mean, she, she's the camera loves her. Okay. And she's got this beautiful, no fat on her body body that she just looks amazing. She looks just like her mom. She looks Vanessa exactly Perry like Beach. her mom. She does. And um, it was, um, there was no rhyme or reason. I was kind of delighted because I saw a couple people like Dan Levy. Dan Levy was and on Hank Azarek. Is Hank, Azario. Azario. Azario plays this French guy. I love him. And I kind of yeah. was kind of excited to see some and, of the people. Yeah, and then yeah. Jane Adams. Do we know her from 30-something or whatever, I, that gal? I didn't know her. Okay. But I know one of your black pink gals is in it, and they were Jane. trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it. There was nothing. The weekend, first of all, I'm in shock. I'm in shock. At? How did he get a, a show? How did he get a six part with no acting experience outside of his videos where he sings? Yeah. He has and no we, nothing. It doesn't We saw that at the Super Bowl. Yeah, we did. It doesn't he doesn't hold up at all and for he, me. Yeah, no. And I'm not a prude and I don't care if we're seeing her boobs. I didn't care if we I thought she was hot, you yeah. know, for two minutes. Yeah. But then after that it just got to be there was no um Context? No. I don't want to watch it anymore. Okay, after I, just one, one episode. No, there's no, to me, I don't feel like... Um, you weren't captivated? You weren't no. pulled in by something? Because not it's, like that what it is, moment. is, you know, she's um, kind of struggles with mental illness. She's a pop star and yep. who's had a breakdown. Who's had a breakdown. But she goes out to this nightclub, meets, you know, the weekend, and then... You see the nightclub owner? I think like, so. Like, what pop star would go home with the nightclub owner right there? And, and first is, of all... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so it, it is so true, Lori, because yeah. she, I, I, that was, you know what, I'm like, he's not even attractive, I didn't even get it, like, 
He owns a nightclub. She's like this oh, big recording huge. star. I mean, I don't know why she would go off with the nightclub owner. And and he's not. He doesn't have anything really going for him. Well, let me see. If and you if agree. anyone disagrees, yeah. feel free to call us. Please. If you watched the Idol on HBO Max last night, I just was like. Mm. I wanted it to kind of work because I like it, you know, but it, she's really beautiful on film. I will say yeah, that about okay. Lily Rose Depp. So I mean, she's going to get other roles. She will get other roles because the film loves her, but he is done. Well, here's Variety's review. <laughs> the Idol reveals the non-existent acting skills of the charisma-free The Weeknd. Remember, he was in Uncut Gems as himself and not believable in that movie. I forgot. (laughs) I never saw Uncut Gems. I did it. I totally forgot he was in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Adam Sandler and Julia Fox. Kevin Garnett was in it, too. Our local guy. He Um, he played himself, but yes. And and so, uh, anyway, some highlights from Variety's review. um, And it's titled, On the Idol, Why Are the Weeknd's Acting Skills Non-Existent? Um. Uh, here's here's what he said. Um, after 25 minutes of some torture porn, Jocelyn, the worst moniker ever for a a single named pop star, heads out to drink and dance the night away in West Hollywood. Yeah. She ends up at this CD and hip dance club where she does 47 shots and dances to like a prayer. Yep. He said, Tedros, seriously, who picked these names, played by The Weeknd. Yeah. Spicer heads over for a dance. Now, in publicity materials... Tedros is described as charismatic, no. but Tess Faye moves in to uh, her space with all the sexual energy of no. a sad Canadian repeatedly mumbling, I'm sorry. It's so... <laughs> oh, no. It's the truth, though. He doesn't have... Um, you know, some people can make it, but there's... Mm-hmm. I see no... Charisma or anything? I, I saw nothing, and then later you kind of see him together. Um, he comes to their house. It It is... It's hmm. painful. Yeah, someone... It's painful, torturous. Like, we've seen in HBO shows a lot of sex and a lot of that. Euphoria has a lot of, you know, you you see a lot it's of it. It's the same showrunner. But it but Euphoria has a Sam story. Robinson. There's an angst. There's yeah. good acting. Yeah. There's a story. You care about what's the main actor in Euphoria. You care about yeah, this yeah. drug-ridden gal who just can't make it. I can't think of ever caring about the weekend. I really don't see that, it. That ever. is a big thing on Twitter. I, would that, like, never, I don't like the weekend anymore like, because of this if, show. No, if Uh-oh. there was a hot um, actor that knew how to act, yeah, like, maybe it would be Jacob, better. You know, Lori or whatever his name was from um, Euphoria or oh, someone. Lordy. Someone who. I'm Bradley Trainer and I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this: A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Knew how to act. Mm-hmm. You could see because Lily Rose Depp didn't bug me. It yeah. was the fact that she doesn't have any chemistry with The weekend. 
And he hmm. kept, his lines are so bad. And and he helped rewrite it. I know, you know he did. He, I, I don't know how HBO could give so much power to someone who's never acted in something. That was something that was in the Hollywood Reporter. How does HBO go from prestige TV, just ending with succession, right. to this hot mess of a show that was rewritten and rewritten by the weekend with Sam Levinson, who's it, the weekend is under the impression he's a charismatic man who can play a charismatic man, and he just doesn't have the range to do this. No, is what uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh, he created this whole mess. He cast himself. The show was redone. In but his how did they vision? give him this power? I, that's the part you know. You really have to question how is. There were a couple good things in it. They mentioned Prince right away. They played Madonna song. Jenny steals the spotlight in episode one from Blackpink. If you call it that. Okay, well, that's Harper's Bazaar. That was the one good thing they had to say about it. They're like, Jenny in the Idol steals the spotlight. Okay, well, she isn't in the all that long. Okay, okay, Diane. She plays Diane with a Y. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, who could? And then someone else. So this might have been deadline. Is this going to be Showgirls Bad? It yeah. Oh well, and people have seen two episodes already because we got the reviews. Like it was like a a one star at the most. It, oh, really? I think it even got a zero on something oh, when really? it was shown in can. It I really um, and there's some kind of funny things that they're dealing with. Kind of like there's a photo that's out there that could be kind of seen as kind of they could. But when they went off, the line that got me okay. Mental illness is sexy. Oh, please. oh, come on. Come on. And they made, oh, but this, oh, please. Um, what? It was. It, How did you feel when the one girl described him? He's kind of rapey. I like that about him. Oh. There's some really bad. Women aren't this. We don't stupid talk like this. And talk like this. No, we don't. They make women look really bad. Young women who are way more advanced and aware, aware aware of their sexuality and their rights as women and they would not put up with this right that's where it gets it's a very misogynistic it's so viewpoint. misogynistic uh, and wait till you see the scene at the end of it i mean it is just not worth visiting again okay except wow. lily rose depp looks so good on the big screen yeah she's beautiful well she'll if Her she outfits can act, are amazing but she wears yeah she she has, is she nude most of the time much. well she's very skinny Scantily clad. Oh, I mean, yeah. but she's got an amazing body. I'm and just, she's small-breasted. She, so. she looks perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. There you go. And it it just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm not looking done. forward to watching no, it. No, but I bet you, you, you need to watch it. I Because I want you to see it and see I want to see can... the charisma-free... That's it's... really disappointing. Because mm-hmm. if it had someone who could maybe act, there might be something believable in it. Yes. You know, like if we've they, seen in other, even horrible in, shows there, we yeah. still watch them. If there's some chemistry or something, yeah. I don't feel it. Yeah. Well, the chemistry is definitely gone from bling empire. We got the news <gasps> oh, today that so Anna Shay oh. has passed, passed, had a stroke and died at the age of 62. And anyone who watched Netflix's bling empire, she was the undisputed breakout hilarious star of that show. And yeah, she uh, she became the fan favorite, and we she had a stroke and and passed away at sixty two. And she was always telling the younger people on that show, "Live your life now, live your life now." So she, she was. was, yeah, she okay. did. Yeah, I always wanted to meet her, Julie. I know Lori loved. I just was her. like, oh, I, I just it. love she was, her. She was great.
Yeah. So, anywho. Okay, listen, um, when we come back, oh my gosh, one of our favorite authors is joining us, Kristen Harmel. And so we got a Low J Book Club pick. Hey, everybody. It's Lori and Julia here for Learning Our Acts. And we got a great testimonial from a grown-up that graduated from Think RX uh, program. Which and is one of the Learning RX programs. That's right. And uh, went to Hudson. Ben was recently married, and he and his wife, Michelle, came to us to get better at communicating in conversation as well as writing. He'd struggled as a kid in school. And, of course, when you struggle in school, you experience bullying. Or bullying. He trained... Um, for five months and mastered many of the exercises, which in turn helped him to work on controlling his anxiety and obsessive compulsive challenges. Gained 52 points in auditory memory, which has made a big difference in how he, he communicates at school and at work. So, and from then, yeah. the whole experience was great. I feel so much more confident. Oh, I, know. I love that. Learning Rex, call them today. Starting with a, a one-hour assessment, Learning Rx. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's a Low J Book Club pick, and we'd like to uh, welcome back uh, best-selling author, one of our favorite authors, Kristen Harmel, is joining us. We last talked to her, The Forest of Vanishing Stars, The Book of Lost Names. Her latest book, The Paris Daughter, is fantastic. Kristen, thanks for coming back and hanging out with us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure talking with you again. Absolutely. We're always in awe of your books and how you come up with ideas. If you could give people the setup of of The Paris Daughter, please. Sure. Well, thank you for the kind words. So um, in The Paris Daughter, you have two mothers, two daughters, an allied bomb that falls where it shouldn't in the suburbs of World War II Paris, two families torn apart, and a mystery that is ignited um, that goes unsolved for 17 years until we pick up again with the characters an ocean away in New York in 1960 when a chance meeting uh, puts the two mothers on a collision course to each other, um, which brings up sort of all of these unanswered questions from the past and uh, brings them both answers that change the course of the future for both of them. Mm. That's kind of a, I, I don't know, man, I have to work on developing that elevator pitch. But no, no oh, for crying out loud, the book speaks for itself, Kristen. I mean, and, and you know, reading this, you do so much research. And, um, you know, the Book of Lost Names was such a powerful book about World War II and, and how you kind of have wove some of that book into this book, which is really kind of cool. And I think it's shocking for a lot of people to know how many bombs were put on just innocent people during World War II? You know, it's incredible. And I think that was maybe one of the pieces that led me to writing this book, that that realization, honestly, in my research for the earlier books, that there were bombs falling in occupied territories all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they were bombs in, uh, to a large extent being dropped by the Allies. So basically the good guys, the people who were allied with the people on the ground trying to repel the Germans, um, were bombing areas that were militarily advantageous um, to the German troops. And they had to. But, you know, not all the bombs necessarily fell on their intended target. Well, I mean, um, it's, it's like a what's lot of them, happening in Ukraine, yeah. you know, with Russia. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, I was working on this book when, um, when the invasion of Ukraine happened. And it was 
just a really uh, sad feeling to sort of feel like I was watching this history I was writing about in some ways repeat itself. I mean, you know, we're seeing that play out again and these civilians being so um, just enormously impacted by the cost of the war going on around them. Mm. I know. I, 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 I just, was there one thing in the Paris daughter? Was there one, how, what was the hook that got you on this story? Like, did you discover something and some research in one of your other books or how'd you get the idea? Well, you know, you mentioned the Book of Lost Names, which is about, among other things, um, forgers during World War II Mm -hmm. and forgers working on an escape line for children. So I was reading a lot of um, firsthand accounts from people who had been hidden children during World War II, which were oftentimes um, Jewish children who were being sent out of the country by their parents to try to keep them safe. And in a lot of those accounts, um, these children talked about being bombed, that feeling of the air raid sirens going off or of feeling um, or hearing uh, bombs dropping around them and having to grab those gas masks and go somewhere safe. And I felt like that kept coming back mm-hmm. again and again and again in my research as something that has really impacted these people who, you know, were recounting this 50 or 60 years after the fact. And that was something that had stayed with them. So I think the more I heard that, the more it kind of got stuck in my um my brain and, and in my imagination. And um, and I began doing research and I thought, well, this would be a really interesting thing to write about because, you know, I love writing about things from World War II that I feel like we haven't, um, or we haven't read enough about or, or we don't know enough about. I feel like I did that in the Book of Lost Names with talking about the story of these amateur forgers who mm-hmm. made such an impact in the war. Um, but this was another area that felt... Um, less explored to me. And it was really interesting to dive into that. But I have to tell you that while I was doing the research for this book, I got an email from a man named Herb Barash, who had read the Book of Lost Names, and he was writing to tell me that he was a hidden child during World War II. Um, And I wrote back and said, oh, my goodness, I would love to talk to you. And when we got on a phone call, um, one of the first things he talked about was that feeling of being bombed and running into... um, down into a bomb shelter uh, underneath the ground um, while he was being hidden. And it was kind of like this magical moment where the research for this book actually came to me, which was really, which was really kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Cause you have that in the end. It was like, wow. I mean, you really make such an impact with your stories, Kristen. Well, thank you. Yeah. What a nice thing to say. Thank you. But, but you do. You do. And, and I think the different thing too about this book is it's not just set in World War II. You get the after stories. Yeah. What happens when people have grief? I mean, mm-hmm. you talk, you talk about, yeah. you know, the sacrifice we make for our children and a mother's guilt. And I think the women's yeah. friendships really resonate in this book a lot. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I've been writing about World War II for more than a decade, but, and, you know, sometimes I'll have a storyline in World War II and a storyline in the present day, but I hadn't gone that period of time after World War II. I mean, this was just like 15 years after World War II that the story picks up again. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting challenge to me, but it also felt important because it was it was a time that these characters and these people really in history were still dealing with the remnants of that war and, and the things they were carrying with them. And I think a lot of them that hadn't confronted the things they'd lost, that hadn't coped with that loss, were still carrying that burden very heavily on their shoulders. Um, 
So that, to me, was a really interesting thing to explore in this book, too. Yeah, I mean, because people do have to figure out how to continue living and their choices and everything that happened. I mean, the strength and resilience of all of that is just kind of amazing. And um, I like the art piece, too. Yes. You know how you incorporated Elise, the artist, and her art. How did did you decide to have kind of that element? I mean, these were U.S. citizens that were living in Paris. Yeah, well, you know, first, let me just say, I appreciate so much that you go so in-depth into the books. Like, you're such great supporters of authors and of books, and, you know, it, 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 your your listeners are just, it's just amazing. Like, I, I'm so glad that you give them the gift of your time that you invest in this and talk about it. So thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. But hey, that's um, really nice. To, I, thank you, Kristen. You're a marvelous I really mean it. Like, writer. You're, you're, your questions are just so thoughtful. Like, that really, it, that means something. That It's just Thank you. I'm just saying you're doing a great job, so thank you. Um, but as far as the art piece, um, that idea of being able um, to express both hope and grief through art, and I think that's something that comes through in this book. And, and I think you can see, you know, when we pick up again with Elise, uh, one of the main characters in 1960, um, you know, I'm not giving away too much. It says this on the, on the book jacket. Right. She's lost her daughter. She's, she's trying to move on. And it's been 17 years, and she hasn't quite found her way back. But I think you can see her trying to find her way back through her art. Um, and and that, was, that was beautiful to me. And I don't know if it's because I, you know, writing an art, too, and I could kind of identify with that. But I think sometimes when your feelings don't have anywhere to go, um, you pour them into the the creative outlet that you are able to find. And for Elise, it's her wood carving. So, you know, that was an interesting thing to research, too, because I didn't know a thing about wood carving. And um, I it turns out I'm not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try? <laughs> try. I mean, you know, it's important to me to try to live as Absolutely. much as a novel as I can. But um I have some nicked fingers to show for it. Yes. <laughs> oh, you guys, if you're just joining us, we're talking to the New York Times way best-selling author, Kristen Harmel. Um, her latest is The Paris Daughter, a novel. It's so good. It just came out. Yeah, what's today's date? Is it today? Six, what's today's date? The 5th or the 6th? Tomorrow's the It comes sixth. out tomorrow. Right. So we're getting yeah, a preview. So, so congratulations <laughs> to you again. And I also think... You know, you have your um, podcast that you like to do with um, a couple other amazing authors. Do you want to just give that a little shout out? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So it's called Friends and Fiction. We are live every Wednesday night on Facebook and on YouTube. And it's myself, Mary Kay Andrews, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry. The four of us are all New York Times bestselling authors. And every week, we invite other authors on our show. And it's often the biggest. Um, you know, the biggest authors uh, out there right now. And a lot of times we have debut authors, too. We really like to get a wide variety. Mm-hmm. But we like to go and talk to them about the world behind their books, very much like you do on your show. So, um, so uh, yeah, uh, if, if you would like to join us, we're live on Facebook and YouTube, and you can find us at friendsandfiction.com. And our group on Facebook is about 160,000 members strong. Wow, wow, um, And people Kristen. recommend all day, every day. Great place to be if you love reading. What do you, okay, I'm going to ask you this because, you know, um, we have to ask you two questions, Kristen. The last great book that okay. you read is? Oh, okay. Oh, um, so, you know, okay, so probably I would say The Secret Book of Flora Lee, which was um, written by uh, Patty Callahan Henry, who's one of my co-hosts on Friends and Fiction. 
Hers just came out about a month ago, and it's also historical fiction. So if you like my books, you would like hers, too. And I also have to give a shout-out to Christina Lauren's The True Love Experiment, which just came out two weeks ago. Um, I did an event with them a couple weeks ago, and that book was so much fun. We just had totally different kinds of books. Oh, my God, you did? They're Mm -hmm. the best. They're the nicest people in the world, honestly. Yeah. That's a fun writing duo. duo. And then The Secret Book of Sarah Lee, you said was the name of it? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I probably mumbled. The Secret Book of Flora Lee. Oh, so Flora. F-L-O-R-A, Flora I, I Lee. heard yep, about I, that. And Patty Callahan, too. Did she had her on our show, Savannah. I, she wrote a book yes, about Savannah. And the Exiles. Does she have a new book coming out? So that's the one, The that's Secret the one. Book yeah. of Flora Lee. Oh. It, just, it just came out a month ago. Yeah, and it, it did really well. It was on the New York Times bestseller <gasps> list. It was... Um, the Barnes and Noble pick of the month last month, which was really cool. So it was so nice to see that work out so beautifully for her. Well, you guys, all of you are amazing authors, but we appreciate you so much. Thank you for yeah. your time, Kristen Harmel. The book is The Paris Daughter. You're going to sell a ton of them. We know that. And Thank it really you. is, it's different, you know, because you get the picture during the war, what people are experiencing, mm-hmm. but you get the after and how people move through that. And it's really Hopeful and encouraging and, and interesting about women's relationships as well as the, the basic thing that's going on, you know, the harsh stuff. It's a good book, honey. <laughs> we thank, liked it. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. That really means the world to me. Oh, you're so sweet. All right, take care, and we'll be talking to you soon, we hope. We got two copies to give away. Great, six, thank you. All right, bye. 651 The Paris daughter, Kristen Harmer, will be right back all right everybody Lori and julia here for mspairport.com Lori, you were just flying i was i was so happy that uh, i got to the airport early on uh wednesday night and you know what i like to get into the seattle airport early too even though it's in the morning just so i can get a cup of coffee a bite to eat not feel so rushed and the msp airport is Amazing what we have there when you get there early. The shopping, the restaurants, the dining, being able to reserve your parking. It's amazing. And, you know, um, you notice the difference between the airports in different cities. We have yeah. the number one airport in the country. And I'm talking about, you know, maybe you don't have time to get out to some of the new restaurants in the Twin Cities. They're in the airport. Maybe you don't have time to shop. Go to the airport early. Really have fun and enjoy the beautiful spaces, the artwork. Again, the Pre-booking your parking is key. MSPAirport.com for all your information. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you were at Taylor Swift's concert at Soldier Field in Chicago last night, you saw the headline, she ate a bug. Her (laughs) mic wasn't working. Her boyfriend kissed a male security guard in Denmark. And then they broke up. They broke up today. But someone came out and performed with her. Uh, Yeah. a big person, Marin Morris. Yeah, listen, I'm just glad these two have broken up. This I thought of Brittany immediately because she told me Taylor will always be mother, but Matt will never be father. This is going to end quickly. <laughs> I told her I thought they'd be broken up because the 1975 is on a European tour. Taylor's in the middle of yes, her, her era's yes. tour. And um, then, then this morning, you know, at the airport, looking at my gossip, and I see Matt Healy had uh, planted a big wet kiss on a male security guard in like Denmark. It like he's accosting him. I mean, he, this is what he does. This is like his little shtick that he thinks is funny. This so is he just grabs a, a man security guard and, and puts a kiss on him. 
like a it like flips them around basically. It just looks terrible. I, no one should be kissed without permission, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but this has been his thing, and this was one of the reasons the Taylor Swift fans were going crazy. They're like, this guy is always grabbing security people at the concert, guys, and. I mean, one guy of uh, uh, earlier this winter, like he like pushed him down and was like humping on him. It's the strangest rock star kind of a thing. It really is. And a friend close to the former couple told Page Six that Taylor is single again. There you go. There you go. So you know they were just spotted last week kissing on a double date at Casa Cipriani with what date? Uh, Jack Antonoff and Margaret Qualley. I feel like that was a full week ago though. But things still, happen. But still, <laughs> yeah, he kissed the security guard. Oh, I don't know if that's why she broke up with them. But anyway, her romance was not received warmly by her fans. No, and the rumor is Miami. What is the basketball championship called? The NBA Finals. Okay. The rumor is that Miami is going to win because it's the only city Taylor Swift hasn't performed in. (laughs) And that all of the cities she's performed in, their (laughs) basketball teams have lost. Okay. That is the most funny thing I've ever heard. I love it. Well, Miami won last night in the last second. They did. They did. (laughs) And so the, 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 you know, there, there's like that thing. Then there's the whole, I don't know if you asked Brittany if she's planning on wearing an we adult did. diaper. We talked all about it. We did, And yeah. is she? No. Not planning it. Okay. Um, I would just in case. You would just in case? Just in case. Have you ever I, tried them on? They're not They're not too shabby. Have you yeah. worn a panty shield? No. Why would Grant wear well, a panty said, shield? I would just in case. They're not too shabby. I'm just listening not to what he just said. Okay, a panty oh. shield is different than an adult diaper. Okay. That's a diaper. Oh, a diaper. Yeah. Okay, a diaper. Yeah. All right, a diaper. Have you worn a diaper, Grant? I no. as a joke, we've tried. I bought some for my buddy when he had a kid because I was like, "You're not going to have time to go to the bathroom," and so there I went and go. tried one on just to see what it was like, and it's not too bad. I mean, yeah. I don't wear them like out at a concert, but I tried one on. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. apparently in New Year's Eve and Times Square, you must have. One. Oh yeah, they're all over the they're all over <laughs> oh, the cleanup crew. <laughs> so yeah, Maddie, back to his old. Uh, Kissing we're, tricks just didn't set We're never well. going to have to know anything else about this man. That's right. Because he's going to go away in the headlines like, mm-hmm. just go away. I mean, I don't... I don't we'll I, see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I, no, I think... Listen, once you start dating Taylor, though, people know who he is. Yeah. So it did work for him. It's like Julia Fox, how it worked for her with Kanye. We oh, yeah. still know her name. The, the Speaking Kanye. of Kanye. I don't even know his wife's name, but I know Julia Fox's name. <laughs> so Speaking true. of Kanye, uh, Grant posted this. Please, um, you have to look at our show. Okay, oh. this is what they wore to <laughs> church or, you know, his church. But he is really invested in the Vetements Polizzi t-shirt that he wears polizzi german police is what it says and it just and then he wears shoulder pads like he's going to be breaking out into song on a dynasty set <laughs> and then his wife is no, wearing he, stop he's wearing leggings oh yes he is wearing leggings which what? i'm i adamantly opposed to a man in leggings i like them if they're ba- ballerinas um if they're in the ballet and i like them with shorts over them if they're running yes Mm-hmm. Kanye in leggings it's and not, then his little sock shoes. I mm-hmm. say nay-nay. It's an aqua sock. It's an aqua sock. <laughs> and then his wife is dressed like an aqua condom because she's got like a sheer scarf over her head. And then she's, I mean, it's, you know, who's happy about this? Kim. 
Because once your problem man is no longer your problem, but he gets with another partner, it is such a relief. Can you imagine? I don't even know what his wife's name is, but having to dress, she looks like she looks like such a fool. No, she looks like she's blinking help underneath that I mean, sheer scarf. You can't help uh, There's me. some sort of control thing going on here. Yeah. The way he's covering, uh, not he, but I just feel like there's some sort of control thing on his end. Because the last three or four times we've seen her, we haven't even been able to see her face. Well, we saw this with Kim. How yeah, we he did. tried to dress her uh, and, and muted all of things. this. And muted, yes. yes and the grays and the beige. You could, she couldn't wear color ever. Yeah. She was in a wheat field doing a Photoshop and you couldn't find her. I guess. A photo shoot, I mean. I guess Kanye likes the balance of, you know, because I will say a nice shoulder pad does balance out a bigger bottom. Yeah, it does. And in his leggings, we it, it doesn't make having these shoulder pads on and these leggings, we can't really see, you know, he looks. His silhouette looks slimmer than yes. it probably is. He look. You're right. And to be honest with you, he. If you look at his face from now, from like a year ago, he definitely looks like he's put on some oh, weight. Yes. So this, to me, looks like an attempt to form fit a body that isn't form fit. <laughs> yes. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. He the really, leggings, the really, black leggings. He really, like, if Casey showed up at home one day <laughs> oh my God. in this outfit and then it, it and then said pads. to you, we need you to wear this foam thing around your a neck. A foam roller and, and he, put a sheer yeah. scarf over your face and I'll lead the way into church, hon. <laughs> I mean, you it, you have to look at the pictures. It just looks like... You have to. Yep. How can anyone be so mean? It really oh. is something. All right. There yeah. we go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't approve of... I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the leggings. I'm not a fan of the aqua sock. I'm not not a fan of the the football pads under a t-shirt. He's had this outfit on every day. I mean, he's making it easy to get dressed in the morning. I I feel like it's good to have a uniform, Lori. In the winter, I'm jeans and a black shirt. Yeah. I mean, really, a uniform is easy. You don't have to have the stress of getting dressed. Mm -hmm. It really is the truth. It's funny. It's very funny. Who were our winners, Grant? Our two winners were Janet and Stacy. Very, very happy too, and uh, they were yeah. Oh, it's- and we've got Kesha tickets. We're going to be giving oh, away yes. today. So when is Kesha at the Mystic? Okay. He is coming Sunday night, November twelfth. Yes. Okay. So we're going to be giving away and tickets to Kesha. That's exciting. A great place to see a concert. Oh, a Mystic. Mystic yeah. Like Not a bad seat in the house. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's where we saw Dolly. With Dolly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did our comedy show. <sighs> Remember that. Oh, Grant, God, you missed I was, that one. Yeah, I was, was not, terrible. Yeah. For someone who's funny, I was terrible at improv. <laughs> I was very good at improv on the side, miming yeah. and making fun of other people. But once I got up on stage, I'm just like, oh, wouldn't I, I probably as wooden as the weekend is in the idols. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't act my way out of a paper bag. Oh, that's yeah. Well. Can't you know? I just can't. I'm not a good pretender. Well, you know your you know your limits, which is good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Grant, so perfect. That's why our movie had to be all improv. It I'm was. like Julia. We can't memorize no. dialogue. We can't pretend to act. No, you just got to be yourself, and you guys are entertaining as, as oh, that. Oh boy, you're sweet. All right. So sometime later in the show, we're giving away a pair of Kesha tickets, and then every day this week, we'll be right back. It's Lori and Julia.